2: As far as TikTok, I don't use that at all. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. I don't know what that is. I don't want to be involved.
3: Hi, I'm Madison Malone-Kircher.
2: And I'm Rachel Hampton, and you're listening to I See Why Am I. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. Rachel, honestly, I'm mad at you today. What?
3: For what? For stealing my tweet.
2: I did not steal your tweet. (laughs) We've been over this before.
3: You stole my tweet.
2: I didn't steal shit. I I refuse to be slandered on my own podcast. Um, This is defamation. This is libel. You will be hearing from my lawyer. It can't be
3: all of those things. (laughs) You can't tell me I'm wrong. Anyway, if you follow Rachel on Twitter, just know that one of the tweets you probably laughed at (laughs) was mine. None of them are hers. (laughs) (laughs) That's not actually what we're talking about on the show today, though it is a little bit of a, a grab bag of internet
2: candy we've got there's so much happening here that i don't even know how to sum it up and i kind of don't want to i don't really want to either i'll play you for it mm-hmm. well, okay what are we what are we doing
3: rock paper scissors of course of course all right two out of, two three. Out of three yeah two out of three <sighs> okay. all right rock paper scissors shoot <laughs> rock beats okay. scissors fuck you It's one to me okay rock paper scissors shoot ha <laughs> <laughs> ha paper beats rock
2: okay This is the final death (laughs) mount.
3: I'm actually kind of nervous. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Rock, beat, scissors. Rachel, what are we talking about today? Uh,
2: You know them. Most of you love them. And today, they're back. That's right. We've got some high-speed downloads for y'all. But in the second half of the episode, we'll be featuring none other than um, Wendy Williams and also some really angry... Wildlife biologist, but before that, Madison's running another victory lab with an email from a listener that she is
3: very, very excited about. We also, I'm being a generous winner here and helping Rachel out. We have to start off by it talking generosity.
2: If you mention it,
3: uh, yes, it is. The Bible <laughs> says so. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, No, we have to start out by talking about The Return of Cat Person, the mega-hit New Yorker fiction story that was once again the main character of the internet last week after a piece published by none other than Slate.com revealed it to be, well, not quite so fictional after all.
2: We love a discourse redux.
3: In case you missed it on thenewyorker.com, in 2017, a short story by a writer named Kristen Rupenian just blew up. It's the story of a a relationship between a, a youngish woman and an older man. And the power dynamics at play in there has a very dramatic and fucked up ending that I won't spoil.
2: So the story comes out 2017. It's also importantly kind of during the height of the Me Too movement when a lot of people, mostly women, are reexamining the power dynamics in the relationships that they previously had. The power dynamics of it all gets really interesting and... Um, approximately four days ago when a slate essay by Alexis Nowicki came out and the title is Cat Person and Me and basically says that Rupinian's story draws specific details from Nowicki's life. Basically Alexis had been in this relationship with an older man that she had met at a theater and Contrary to the kind of cat person story, the relationship is not skeevy, which is, I think, the best way to describe the relationship (laughs) portrayed in Cat Person. She's no longer in this relationship, but she kind of talks about how it informed her college experience and what it meant to date an older man and how she has processed that time and all of this with this man named Charles, which is a pseudonym. The thing is... Nowicki has never met Rupinian, but Rupinian apparently had an interaction with Charles and decided to write a story about this relationship and included the the town Nowicki is from, the fact that she worked at a theater while she was in college and just kind of a host of other small details that were identifiable enough that when Cat Person dropped in twenty seventeen, multiple people texted New to be like,
3: This you? Yeah, no, exactly.
2: This essay is great. It's really good. And like I what I enjoy about it is that it doesn't come to the easy conclusion of being like Rupinian is hashtag canceled or whatever. It's kind of very deeply ambivalent. By the mm-hmm. end of it, like it doesn't give you an easy like. Rupeini is the enemy. It's just like this is weird. This is uncanny. That none of that nuance <laughs> made it to made Twitter. its way to Twitter because what happens is that like because it's the cat person viral cycle happening again. People are like, "Wow, I'm gonna show my whole ass," and it becomes this conversation about the ethics of fiction, which is
3: definitely a conversation Twitter is tailor-made to handle I can think of no better place frankly (laughs) to discuss the ethics of fiction than a platform on which by design people are encouraged to lie for clicks
2: yep so the sides are probably about as you expect the discourse of course being there are some fiction writers who are basically the embodiment of that t-shirt that says don't be friends with writers or I'll write you into a story. Like think of Writer in the Dark by Lord and put that on a t-shirt and that's what you got. That's the energy I'm a lot of Writer
3: in the Dark. Now she's
2: gonna play and sing and lock you in her heart. Bet you the day you kissed a rider in the dark. Lord did it better, but the thing I is I am my mother's child. <laughs> the thing is that's what some of these tweets are basically just like well if you're gonna be friends with a writer then you should just accept the fact that they take personal details from life and include it in their fiction which a yeah sure b rupinian was not friends in any way with Nawiki they had never met she gleaned these details from stalking her on social media which is like that's a choice <laughs> Writers are kind of like magpies. They take things and often you don't remember where you get specific details. And so they do end up in works that you have written. And I do think that can be uncomfortable for people who know writers. But the thing about being a writer is that writing is not an inherently ethical or moral practice. In fact, it is kind of immoral on its face. (laughs) Like, that is the thing. And you have to accept that when you are writing. There is nothing imperative about writing. And if you're going to choose to include details about people that you know, you have to accept that those people have a right to feel a way about it, have a right to do what Alexis did, which is write back to it as another writer, and they have a right to be ambivalent about it. You have to accept the consequences of your actions. You cannot just live in a vacuum and just say, you know what? I'm a writer. I'm going to take your very specific mannerisms and put them in my book and maybe draw some conclusions about a character being a piece of shit. But you can't be
3: mad about it because you knew I was a writer when you met me. Like, no, that's not
2: how that works.
3: Sorry, could you give me a second? I'm just getting down one last paragraph about a character named <laughs> Rachel Shrampton. <laughs>
2: I mean, feel free to do that, but I will feel free to make a character named Schmadlschmidt, Schmalone, Schmerzner—a little Irish there—and you know, she'll make a lot of puns.
3: She sounds terrible.
2: So yeah, there you go. That's that was the flavor of the week. That was last week. It kind of sucked.
3: I didn't like it. It did force me to grapple with the memory of when I was like ten. And I was convinced I had written The sister out of the Traveling Pants. Like, I I had read the books as a kid and, like, internalized this story that I loved so much. And then I wrote my own short story about a group of, like, four female friends, one who has a really shitty summer job. Oh, my God. I just was convinced. Yeah. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I think I went to see the movie with my mom, who was like... Madison, we need to chat.
2: (laughs) We have to have a talk because I think there are some similarities here. I mean, honestly, the first part of being a baby writer is just um, ruthlessly plagiarizing your favorite people and then eventually figuring out that's not okay.
3: So I'm feeling very high and mighty, as you mentioned earlier. I mean, I... I don't really want to give you another opportunity to gloat, but I guess I have to. You might remember a couple of episodes back, we did a look into the world of TikTok misconnections. Uh, Our producer Daniel was guest hosting with me. Uh, The whole thing ended in a very heartwarming conversation between two women, Casey and Val, who met via TikTok completely randomly in the wild and are now genuinely friends. It was a nice upper of an episode if you want to go back and need some joy and don't want to think about the ethics of fiction writing for too long <laughs> when we made this episode i was convinced like the, the the kernel of inspiration for it was i was convinced that none of these stories could be true they couldn't be real but today today <laughs> brianne listener Brienne, brings us a tiktok meet cute story that she's convinced is totally fake and i am too the tldr on this meet cute the tilder your favorite <laughs> The TLDR is it's two women. One is having her birthday at a restaurant and really hits it off with the waitress. Okay. And puts out a call to find the waitress.
1: Oh my God, you guys, I think I've met the love of my life. So it was my birthday. Yes, I am a Pisces, sorry about it. And every year since I came out to my parents, um, my dad has taken me to this like off-brand Hooters kind of restaurant to celebrate. I think it started out as like kind of a misguided straight guy idea of connecting with his lesbian daughter. But this year, our waitress gave me this.
3: (laughs) I fully lost my mind i was too shy to say anything i can't just go back to the restaurant can i that would be weird let me know what do you think you know what happens next so brianne says i recently listened to your podcast doubting tiktok misconnections and i wanted to bring your attention to this one that definitely is fake initially they purported themselves to be real but now they have hashtag fictional on all of their videos and the bios of both accounts say one half of the messiest lesbianist fictional tiktok duo my main confusion is why do this Neither account is linked to socials, so it can't be for clout. It doesn't even seem like they're using their real names. It seems like they have done one possible spawn con for a dating app.
1: Writing Lux ads for each other now that we are comfortably in the friend zone. Cottage core femme looking for someone to romance in real life that's better than the characters in Stardew Valley.
3: I think that's good. Classic. Sets up for something to talk about. But how can that be worth all the time that went into it?
2: I have the same questions Brienne does. Specifically around the hashtag fictional, is this a popular hashtag? Are people just out here using, like, faking their life experience? Is this kind of writing fanfic about your own <laughs> life? Like, what? What's the? What's going on be here? The
3: fanfiction you want to see. I the world. mean, we
2: all love a bit of self-insert fanfic. Let's be real here, but come on, girls. So wait, take me through these videos. So Bertha goes
3: at a restaurant. Yeah, and then they make plans to meet up. Through TikTok? Through TikTok. They find each other. Uh huh. They make plans to meet up. Okay. Except the birthday girl is like an hour late.
1: 40 more minutes. And then I realize I'm being played. True life. I was an hour late to a date with my TikTok crush because of a cat and a tampon.
3: Why didn't you leave 30 minutes I, Rachel, in? I'm not here to answer any of these questions. What Why I am, did you bring what story I am, into here? my life. I brought this story into your life because it serves me. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Brienne ends the email sorry for the long email I have had brain worms over this ever since I saw it Brienne me too
2: why do people why would anyone want to see fictional lesbian videos what's the audience for this I don't understand this at all what do you get out of this I, is this for a creative writing class is it coming back to what we we're talking about beforehand next week
3: in the New Yorker
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then four years later in Slate <laughs>
3: On that uh, cynical note, we're going to take a break, a much needed break, and reset (laughs) our brain, remove some of the worms, uh, when we, our collective brain, our singular brain will be reset. (laughs) Our hive mind. (laughs) When we come back, we've got everyone's favorite high-speed downloads. We're going to take you through a bit of Twitter drama involving feral cats uh, and Wendy Williams' latest viral what the fuck moment. More on that after the
2: break.
0: Split Screen Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now.
3: All right, we are back. It is time to play High Speed Downloads, which is a game where Rachel and I have 60 seconds to explain a piece of internet culture, a meme, a a tweet, a viral something or other. A git. A git. A geet? A geet? (laughs) A Gitter post. We have one minute to talk as fast as we can and uh, hopefully give you as much information as we can about something going on online. If you don't like listening to people talk really, really fast, consider changing your podcast playback speed to 0.5x now. Yeah, now works. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel.
2: Don't do that to them. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel, you're up first. What do you have for us? I have Cat Person. What? Part two. Oh. (laughs) Except technically part three. This is a completely different cat person. This is about a a drama I saw unfolding on my timeline this weekend that I simply cannot look away from because it was just utterly deranged.
3: Some might say feral. Uh-huh. Why do I get the feeling like once again you've chosen a story with 72 moving parts and 15 characters?
2: Because you know me and I am consistent. I have a brand
3: and I'm always on it all right you have 60 seconds on the clock three two one Go. Okay, so Rachel Woman, yes, there are too many Rachel's
2: involved with this podcast, works in audience development, co hosts another podcast called WrestlePlania about pro wrestling, but we're not going to talk about podcasts or wrestling or Rachel's. But on July 9th, Rachel tweeted a photo of her feeding free for feeding three feral cats in her neighborhood. Two things that are important about this photo the cats are cute, but it's also a response to another person's tweet. This was a direct engagement. She did not tweet this photo by herself. Anyway, this cat photo is co tweeted by someone named Jess in the Wild, who's like, cute, but bring the cats inside. And Rachel's like, hold on, I have a lot of cats already. But also, I've been feeding these cats for three years. I take care of them and, like, leave me alone. Jess is like, uh, um, sounds like it's time to reach out to other organizations about getting these cats in the house and Rachel's like if Brooklyn Rescue is about three adult feral cats they're just gonna be like I can't do nothing about that because if have already been TNR'd which means trapped, new to release, not the let this magazine or the rest history. So Rachel would know because she's been doing this for three years and has been certified by local rescues and actually has contact with these animals from here like the entire Instagram Twitter, bird Twitter, and annoying pet and Twitter got involved as she actually you know, gets piled on for literal days by people's PhD in their handles who are just like, you the cats! And Rachel's like, what the fuck is wrong with all of you? Like, It's crazy! <laughs>
3: I don't know why, but the New Republic bit really, really, I was too far gone to even really laugh at you screaming, euthanize the cats at the top of your lungs. As per the time-honored bylaws of High Speed Download, you do get one more sentence. Is there uh, anything
2: else we need to know? Just that all the people yelling at Rachel are, a lot of them are wildlife biologists who straight up have PhDs in this and yet somehow still cannot keep their own heads out of their asses long enough. And I just feel like this means that we should shut down all wildlife biology PhDs
3: until we find out what's going on. Yeah, a lot of bad cat people in the world.
2: Yeah, no, a lot of them are bird people. That's why mm. people are really mad is like feral cats are like bad for local ecology. They like kill local bird populations. But the thing is, if the cat's not hungry because somebody's feeding them, aren't they going to kill less birds? This is beyond my ninth grade biology uh, <laughs> understanding. I mean, same, but it's so wild that all these people were yelling at Rachel just being like, how dare you feed these three cats? You were single-handedly killing the sparrows. And it's like, all
3: right. But is it wild, though? Like, I I feel as though if you were to tell me that people got mad about this tweet, my guess would have been that it ended in, like, Nazis?
2: I don't, actually, There may not have been any. So a happy ending on Twitter.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a happy ending for everyone but Rachel. I mean, at least those cats are fed. Like, shout out. One of them's name is, like, Dottie. It's it's actually, it's like a 12-year-old cat. It's a very cute cat.
3: That was amazing. Thank you. I would say your best high-speed download performance to date.
2: Same. I really, I think I got the most important information in. I You know? But, Madison... Now that I have set such an exemplary record, how are you going to live up to me? (laughs) What do you got for me?
3: Um, I have a clip of the Wendy Williams show. Oh, God. That you may or may not have seen on Twitter. (laughs) Probably. But if you did see it, you have not stopped thinking about it. And I am in that camp. Do you know who
2: Swayvey is? Clap. Clap if you know who Swayvey is. Okay. Okay. Um, Well, I am sitting here with dread in my heart. I'm not going to lie. But I can't wait to hear what Wendy Williams has done this time. Are you ready? Are your lungs full? Empty? Anyway. Full. Yes. Full. Yeah, okay. Uh (laughs) Back to ninth grade
3: biology for both of us.
2: (laughs) Texas Public High School, man. Anyway. You have a minute on the clock. Three, two,
3: one... Okay, so we're here to talk about Wendy Williams of The Wendy Williams Show. She is the titular role, performance artist of our times. Honestly, Marina Bromwich wants what Wendy Williams has, just, like, sitting in the MoMA. The thing about Wendy Williams' show is you can't convince me that the whole operation is not a meme factory engineered for a to go viral on Twitter. In 2017, Wendy in a full-on Lady Liberty costume passing out mid-show and collapsing on the floor. Look, it's fine. We can joke about it now. She was fine. Uh, I know this technically wasn't on her show, but Wendy was on uh, The Masked Singer. She performed Native New Yorker, and that became a TikTok audio that wouldn't leave. No one opens the door for a Native New Yorker. This week's Twitter moment, though, trigger warning, even though I'm talking at a comical rate, like, this isn't funny. It's extremely. Gross and Beyond Gross Behavior from the Williams camp. During her Hot Topic segment, Wendy, sitting there in a yellow dress, puts up this picture of a 19-year-old influencer, Swavy, and asks the audience, does anyone know who this is? She says, could you clap if you know who this is? The audience does not clap. She says, I have no idea who this person is, and neither does one person in the building. He's a TikTok star and he's got more followers than me. 2.5 million. Cut to her producer being like, Wendy, it's okay because you have more followers than he does on Instagram. The crowd cheers. Like, yeah, okay, left. great, fine, whatever. And then pivot. She's like, well, my son says no one uses Instagram anymore and I don't give a shit about TikTok. And then she's like, by the way, Swavy was murdered <laughs> The thing is, I knew how that was
2: going to end, and yet I was still shocked. I think you said grim. This is grim. That was very accurate. Um, You know, in the time-honored tradition, do you have one more sentence to say about this very grim thing?
3: I really do feel like I tried to overstate that we are lambasting Wendy Williams' editorial decisions here. Uh, And honestly, perhaps the best way to do that is just you got to hear a little bit of it.
2: Well, he's a TikTok star. He's got more followers than me. 2.5 million. Oh. On TikTok. <laughs> on TikTok. But on Instagram, you have more followers. The fact that this is the lead-up to her talking about a 19-year-old who has been killed is just shocking. Not from Wendy Williams specifically. This is not shocking coming from her. It is just shocking in the very human capacity of, I cannot believe anyone would talk about a
3: 19-year-old dead child like this. Swaybe's mother has since, understandably, uh, had some words for Wendy Williams. I'd have some words. I have some words for Wendy Williams. perhaps. How dare you? So disrespectful. I used to watch you as a child and even though you have a gossip show and all that, you didn't even know my son.
2: I would have I would have had That was a very diplomatic statement from his mother.
3: Wendy Williams man, why is she like this? I... What made her like this? <laughs> Next week on ICYMI Wendy Williams Origins. <laughs> so
2: I we we got to the part where she introduces the clip. How does she come out of it?
3: Rachel, honestly, I, again, I think it's better if you just hear it. (laughs) I don't know if I'm ready.
2: Another one of those stories. Mm. On a lighter note, Bruce Springsteen's daughter is going to the Olympics.
3: And uh, that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday. Uh, consider subscribing. It's the best way to make sure you never miss an episode or a moment of Rachel and I talking really, really fast. Uh, maybe leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcast. Tell a friend about us. Uh, tell your local gossip show host about us. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at ICYMI underscore pod. Thank you to everyone who has sent us a DM in the last week. We've gotten some really great story ideas. Keep them coming. Not because we're lazy. Just because we like to collab. Uh, And you can also always email us, ICYMI at Slate.com.
2: ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. Forrest Wickman and Allegra Frank are Slate's culture editors. Gabe Broth is editorial director of audio. See online. Or not. I would just like to say, there will be a redemption round, and I'm going to fucking win it.
3: But before that, okay, Donald Trump 2024.
2: Whoa, hold up. First you call me a thief and then you call me Donald Trump. That is actual defamation, libel, and slander.
3: Can't be all three. We're talking. (laughs) Nothing's been written.
2: Before I sue the shit out of Madison.
3: (laughs) I'll be hearing from your attorney.
0: (laughs) Yes, you will. Sick of being upsold at gyms?